Hey, so good to see you guys. Anybody else excited to be at church today? So good. I'm, um, we're glad you're here. My name is Eric McToy. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor of the Grove, and uh, we're thrilled you're here. If you're a guest, I want to say welcome, and uh, we're excited that you're with us today. Um, we're in part two of a series called How to Live Through a Bad Day, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for this series because I think it's going to be very helpful because um, the truth is all of us at some point will experience a bad day. Um, if you aren't in the middle of one, um, you've either it, – it's because you're just coming from one or you're about to go into one or you're – yeah, you, you know how that works. And so um, I'm just I'm, – yeah, it's good. Um, I want to say welcome to all those tuning in online. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us today. Um, you know, in, as I look back – you know, as, as I prepare for this series and look in each week, I'm trying to figure out well, how does this apply in my life. I remember these different moments in my life where I was facing something. And uh, whatever the challenge was, whatever the struggle or difficulty was, whenever somebody else came alongside me that had been through it or had been through something worse, it always made me feel like um, what I was going through, was I was going to be able to do it. I wasn't alone, and it wasn't uh, the end of the world. Um, and even I, I think even in sports, I remember we'd face certain things in, in sports, and you'd get these stronger players come alongside you. You had so much confidence in, in approaching life because you knew there was stronger support around you. And whenever you'd face things, even if you were smaller, even if you were uh, maybe weaker than somebody else, you knew you could make it through because you had support around you. Well, today, today part two, we're going to talk a little bit about that. All right, so the, the verse we're going to be using for uh, kind of the whole the, the theme verse for the whole series that we'll be walking up to, to Easter, because uh, this can take us all the way through Easter, and I'm excited because, um, you know, Easter is a big day for us as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and uh, we're going to be leading up to that. So we're taking uh, these seven phrases that Jesus said on the cross as, as he was giving his life as a sacrifice. He's saying these, these seven things, and uh, so... I don't know about your bad day, but if you, lit, watch, if you read Jesus' bad day, that was a really bad day. That was like the, the, the bad day of all bad days, right? And uh, we call it Good Friday, uh, but make uh, no mistake, that day for Jesus was not a Good Friday. It was a very, very bad, bad day, bad Friday, all right? But because of the results, we understand uh, Good Friday is an amazing, amazing um, uh, day that we look back and celebrate because of what it has done for us. All right, so Hebrews 12, uh, 2 through 3, this is the message paraphrase. Um, it says this, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished his race that we're in. All right. So he, he started the race and he finished the race, the same race we're in. He did it. He accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish. And he says this, he says, study how he did it. All right. This is kind of where we get this whole idea of if we're going to learn how to live through a bad day, we should look at other people who've lived through bad days and let's study how they did it uh, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Uh, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And the reason he could put up with all that and go through that bad day is because there was, he knew there was something better on the other side of, of what was happening at that moment. And he never lost hope. He never gave up um, what he was trying to accomplish. All right? And it, says, it goes on and says this, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Uh, another another uh, a verse says that he's making intercession for you and me. Like he's alongside God, talking to God about our lives. Like he understands because he's been through life, he understands how, what the struggles we go through. So he's there at the, alongside God making intercession for us. And he says, when you find yourself flagging in your faith, when you're struggling, you're having a bad day, when you're going through that, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. So when you're going through a bad day or you're you know, maybe facing or somebody else is facing one, here's some tools, here's, a, here's a, some filters to look, to look at the way we should look at life. We're in, the, we're in the middle of those bad days. And so um, that's, the, that's the, the, the lesson we're kind of, the, the verse that we're is holding this whole series together for us, saying, let's study how he did it. And then each week we're going to look at one of the seven statements that he made while he was on the cross. Uh, so so some, some theologians say these are the final words of Jesus, but we know 
that, that Jesus is alive today, and he said more after the resurrection. He still continues to say, say more to us now. So they're not the final words. They were just the final words as him as a human as he was dying on that cross, right? And so uh, last week, lesson one was this. Forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your life, right? This is really important, um, and that's a great starting point. If you don't get that one right, uh, the other ones that come along, they might be a little harder to do because in the middle of that, you're, you're going to be focusing on yourself because when we hold on to things, um, we, we tend to forget about others, and we tend to uh, only see life through our, our own filter. Um, so in, in, this, um, in this series, as we move forward, in, in, um, early, in 2001, a pastor from California, uh, he wrote a book called how to live through a bad day, where we got these principles from. And uh, he, he told a story that in, 2000, um, in, in 1994, he went through a, um, a, a really bad um, earthquake in California that just kind of sh- shook the city. A lot of people lost their uh, lot, lot of valuables and lost lives and, and lost their, uh, some family members, things like that. And he remember he went through this, this, uh, this, um, this, her- this earthquake, and he was really overcome. Uh, after this, and he, it was uncharacteristic of him, and so he ended up um, that week going through some really difficult, some difficulties, and and he he put together this this lesson on fear and how to overcome it, and then he put this book together and he released it, which is interesting, in 2001, uh, right right before September 11th happened. So it was a really it was a great tool for uh, for us as a nation when September 11th, September 11th happened, uh, for people to understand that hey, other people have gone through bad days and just don't stop, don't give up. And so as, as we look at his, his lessons, we, we learn from that. But we're looking at Jesus' words, and uh, the first words that he said was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And we said if, if, if we're going to be able to live through a bad day, we need to learn to, to live like Jesus did and, and respond the way he responded. And so we said we need to forgive those who are trying to ruin our life, those, are try, those that are causing us the bad day. And so we said you know, he faced similar things that we face, like betrayal, false accusation, rejection, abuse, humiliation. Um, but he, for, he chose to forgive. And uh, we said if we're going to be the example, we need to first receive forgiveness because the forgiven, they're the ones who forgive others. So we need to forgive that. But we said we need to pray for them. We need to bless them and do good to them. And so that was last week. Um, so today we're going to look at the second uh, statement that he made. And uh, if you look at the four Gospels, they're, they're, they're in, these seven statements are within the different Gospels. So the large story that's being told, you can see the statements being throughout the, the, the period that he was on the cross. And uh, we're going to look at the next one, which is found in Luke 23, 39 through 43. And, and this is, um, so in, in the, you know, as we get ready for Easter, you see these crosses, right? You see one cross, and then you see these two crosses next to it. Uh, well, this is the story that we pick up. Well, he's on the cross. He has two other people next to him, two other guys next to him, uh, both criminals uh, who, are, who are being hung on the cross also for their crimes. And so while they're there, one of the criminals, it says this, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. He cursed him, and he said, are you, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and save us. Uh, so one criminal, he chooses to attack Jesus and say, oh, yeah, if you're so powerful, you're so great, if you, if you are who you say you are, why don't you save us? similar to some of the other things that people were saying that day at Jesus. And so in the middle of Jesus' bad day, here or now, <laughs> you, ever, you ever been in a bad day and then somebody comes along and says something really dumb and makes your day even worse, right? That's kind of this situation. So he's in a bad day, and now some fool comes in and says, oh, yeah, you, you know, and just starts cursing him. And uh, what's horrible about this story is Jesus is stuck. He can't go anywhere, right? So he's just got to listen to this guy just hurl insults as, as, as well as other people. So in the middle of his bad day, it's not just it's bad, but it's also getting almost worse as the minutes go by because of all the things that are taking place, all the things that are being said to him. And so he's, he's cursing him. But then it says the other criminal on the other side, um, he rebuked that, that criminal. He says, wait, wait, stop. And he says this, don't you fear God? He said, since you, 
are under the same sentence. Um, so so we, are, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And so in the middle of his bad day, finally, it's like, oh, wow, somebody can, somebody can relate here. Somebody understands what's going on. And he says, so the two criminals, they, they deserve to be there. But he's saying, but Jesus doesn't. Like, he's, this is an innocent man. Like, we're getting our, our just punishment, right? We're, we're here because of our, our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turns to Jesus and he says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me. Um, it's really important for us to know that when we're going through bad days, um, it's very easy just to look down at ourselves and, and our issue and our thing that, that's going on and totally ignore others and forget about other people. And I think sometimes we need, to, we need to be listening for those remember me people uh, that are in the middle of, of, of our circles, of, uh, of, our, of our journey, in the circles of our influence at work, at home. Uh, that there's people that are sometimes calling out, hey, remember me. Don't forget about me. Um, I'm having issues. I'm having struggles also. In the middle of this, he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And we get the second statement Jesus made, and it's this. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Um, it's, I think it, it's the most dramatic, graceful-filled um, sentence that, that, that Jesus offers in the middle of his bad day. Um, so here he is. He's, he's giving mercy and he's giving grace to somebody next to him that's going through also a bad day. Um, and, and this messes with religious people. This is the story that really messes with them, right? Because religious people say you have to do all these things if you're going to be okay with God. Like you got to jump through these hoops. You got to climb up these ladders. You got to work really hard to make God happy with you, right? It's like this scale thing. Like if you do more good than you do bad, like God's going to be pleased with you. And this is that one story where God's like, no, it has nothing to do with all of this, like how much you do, how much you don't. It's all about who you know, and it's about your humility to say, God, I can't do it without you. And in this, we see the story where God is saying, man, I, I, anybody is welcome in my kingdom. Like if, if they recognize it, if they're aware of it, they call out, man, I, I receive it. And so he gives a statement says, I tell you the truth. And he gives hope to a man who's also going through a bad day. So here's the second lesson I want to take. So if we're going to how to live through a bad day, the second lesson is this. We need to help others who are experiencing our same struggle. So in your bad day, if you'll pick your head up and look around and see people that are maybe in a similar struggle and begin to help them, um, you'll, begin, you'll see that something's going to change inside of your bad day. Um, I've seen this over and over, um, that, that something just t- changes. So essentially, we're trying to encourage others who are struggling, who are uncertain, uh, have uncertainty in their life. They're uncertain about life. They're uncertain about the future. I'm certain about marriage, about finances, about their job, whatever. And we come alongside them and we begin to encourage them. That, that's, the, that's the lesson for today is if, if we're going to make it through, live their bad day, we need to help others who are experiencing the same struggle. Um, because this is what happens. When you begin to help others, uh, one, it distracts, distracts us from our own needs. Uh, so in the middle of that, your pain, because pain, it blinds us. Pain, it causes us to be very self-centered. And so whenever we're struggling with something, we tend to only look at ourselves. But when we choose to say, okay, I'm going to look around to see what else is going on, to see what's happening, it distracts us from our own needs. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, um, it's, it's, it's a story that I read um, from, from a book uh, from, from Pastor Craig Rochelle called Hope in the Dark. Uh, there's a story of, of his friend, it's his exercise uh, buddy, that they work out together for, I think it was like, in like the last 20 years, 22 years, something like that. And, um, and his friend, a couple of years ago, began to hear ringing in his ears. And his friend John, as the ringing became worse and worse and worse, so he began to see specialists. And uh, they diagnosed him with an uncurable uh, uh, issue uh, uh, called uh, tinnitus. Um, and it got so bad that um, he began to look for specialists to help him. And finally, he found a specialist in Atlanta who's the best. And the reason he's the best is because he also has tinnitus. 
And so he fitted him for some ear things. And um, essentially, he, he, they found out that he has, out of a scale from 1 to 10, uh, Craig's friend John has a 9.5. Now, people that have even less than that, it's very common for people that struggle with that to actually take their own lives through suicide because it's so overwhelming. And I read this story about, um, about uh, John, and, um, and, and it says, um, this is what it says. I, I just want to read it to you because it's, it's better than Craig's words because it's his friend. Um, he said, one day John flew to Atlanta to meet with one of the nation's best tinnitus doctors. One of the reasons his doctor is so good is because he suffers from the same condition. He gave John a custom-fit earpiece designed to create competing noise that helps drown out the constant freight train sound in his head. But the, doctors, the doctor admitted it probably wouldn't do much help in John's extreme case. This wise doctor explained that the best thing John could do was to serve others. He says, yes, you read that right. The way to forget about your pain is to help other people so you forget about yourself. And that's exactly what John did. On top of his usual prayer and Bible study, John started doing more, way more. He and his wife started a small group and began pouring into others spiritually. They started serving in different roles in the church. They adopted a single mom and her kids to help them climb out of a very bad situation. John tells me all the time that the buzzing sound in his head is just as bad as it's ever been, but it doesn't bother him as much as it used to. Occasionally through tears, John tells me that he's never been closer to God than he is now. And though he would never choose this road nor wish it on his worst enemy, John is thankful for it because his nightmare, his nightmare condition has helped him to come to know God more intimately. Um, and, and Craig shares a story of John saying in the middle of that, the doctor says, if you're going to overcome this, you have to just help folks and others. Why? Because what we go through only causes us to look at ourselves. But if we'll pick our head up and look around, it'll help us distract us from our own things. It'll also help us see the solution. You know, how many times have you been talking to somebody and they're going through an issue and you're like, it's so obvious, right? You just have to do this. It's like, why can't they see it? But yet in the middle of our issues, sometimes we're blind to that same obvious answer. Why? Because pain causes us not to look around, not to pick our head up. It causes us to be so self-centered that we're not able to see what others see. Uh, we're not able to see the things that are going on. Um, and, and so it helps us to find that solution. Because um, there, there is always a solution if we will just begin to look around. And when we help others and we begin to, to encourage others, all of a sudden something happens in our own life. Um, it, things work out. And the third thing is it allows us to put everything into perspective. Um, one of the things is, is um, when, when we're going through something, it always feels worse than it is, right? When you face somebody and they're going through a challenge, you're like, it's going to be okay. And they're like, no, it's not. This is the worst thing. You're like, no, it's really going to be okay. And they're like, no, I don't think it is. Why? Because it always seems worse than it really is in that moment. And then we give it a little bit of time, time to reflect. We begin to see like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, right? And time begins to, to help us see. We see this in, in maturity, right? Most people, when, when people uh, mature and become healthy individuals, they tend to not freak out over Maybe things they freaked out about when they were younger because they've learned over time that, okay, things have a, have a way to work out when, we're, when we pay attention, when we, when we seek the right solutions, um, it's going to be okay. And wisdom tells us that though it's raining right now, it's not going to be raining for the rest of our lives. Though it's, the storm is, is, is raging right now, at some point the storm will calm down and the sun will come back out. So don't give up. Just hang in there, right? That's wisdom. It tells us to keep going. Well, when we help others, it helps us to put that in perspective. It gives us perspective to see that there's more uh, that's going on. Um, I don't know if you've ever, um, for me, one of the, one of the gifts that um, I had growing up is my parents. They would send me on missions trips to different different countries around the world. I'm so grateful for that because I would go visit different parts of the world and, and some of the poorest places. 
And, and I would encounter people that had nothing, right? Like, and I mean nothing. They lived very, uh, very, very, with very little. And they were some of the happiest people. And, and I, when I would encounter them and talk with them, I just had this sense of why are they so full of joy when they have absolutely nothing? Um, and I would come home and I'd be very grateful for things I had. It just help me have a different perspective, right? When you serve others and help others that, that some cases maybe they're going worse than what you're going through. You begin to say, wow, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blessed. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to be able to do what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I woke up today and I have long, air in my lungs and I have breath that I continue to live. Um, and so for me, as I remember traveling around, it gave me a, a, a better perspective. That, that what I face here is not always the, the whole story. That there, it could be worse. There could be other things going on all the time. Um, so we need a, a better perspective, especially during bad days, right? And so when we help others, that actually changes us. It helps us to see, okay, yeah, it's not fun to go through this. But when I begin to help others that are having bad days also, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, my perspective is beginning to shift and change. It's not just me because uh, that's what we feel like a lot of times. It's only me. But no, we say what else. And so like, like Craig Grishala said in his book, the way to forget about the pain is to help other people so you forget about yourself. When you begin to help others, something changes inside of us and helps us to begin to see differently. Uh, we see this in the, in the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. is a scripture uh, where, he, where he's talking to us, and he says, uh, God, is, God is speaking through Isaiah to, to these people. He says, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, all right, so if you use your life and you begin to give it to, uh, to help those that are hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. So catch these words, right? So as you're serving and helping others, something happens inside of you. That when you have darkness, a light actually rises inside of your darkness. When you're going through something difficult, something begins to change, right? So light will rise in your darkness, and your night will become as the noonday. Your bad day becomes a little brighter. Your bad day begins to change and shift from what it was. Why? Because you're serving, you're spending yourself on behalf of those that have needs, and when we do this, we begin to see something takes place in ourselves. He goes on and says this, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters, they never fail. So who, when you help others, what happens? You actually get watered. And it's God that's doing the watering. It's God that's, that's returning the blessings. This is one of the principles I learned um, kind of at a young age is, is if you will help others, God takes care of your stuff. Like if you, if you will say, God, I want to put you first, right? That's the principle Jesus says. If you seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and you serve his, what he wants, his purposes, he'll take care of all the other stuff. All the other stuff will be taken care of. Um, and the Old Testament says those who water others will themselves be watered. When you take care of others, you also. So if you have dreams, you have desires and things that you want to accomplish in life, if you will help enough other people accomplish their dreams and the things they want, Yours will just naturally happen. It'll, auto, it'll automatically happen. And the more people you help, it'll seem like the more people begin to help you accomplish the things that you really want. That's the principle, is that when you take care of others, God always takes care of us. When you serve others, God makes sure our needs are also taken care of. Why? Because it turns our, our focus away from self, which we need, especially in our culture, right? It's so easy to be focused just on, on me and on what I want and on self. It's, it's like... God is saying, you have to have a different perspective in life. Don't just focus on self. Look at others. And then all the things you really need, I'll help you to take care of that. I'll help you to, to figure this, to figure life out and to get things in, in order uh, when you begin to help. This is for us as a church. One of the reasons that we, we have growth track, you hear this all the time, right? Join us for growth track. And it's four classes that we repeat every month. And so we just ask people to go through it one time. Well, in this growth track process, one of the things that we're trying to do is help you discover the way God wired you. 
So you can begin to use your giftings and, and the way that your personality, the way that God's wired you to be able to serve others and to help others. We don't do this because we want you to be part of the church to serve the church. We want you to do this because as you serve others, this principle kicks into play, right? You begin to give of your time. You begin to give your energy. And all of a sudden, your needs begin to get taken care of. Why? Because you're saying, how can I help others and not just be focused on self? What can I do to serve others? And God always smiles in that and says, yes. I'm going to let the, the sun rise in your darkness. I'm going to let, um, like he says, the, 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 your, your, your uh, night become like the noonday, right? There's this light flooding your life. Why? Because you're, you're spending yourself on, the, on behalf of other people. So how do you do this? All right, so I think maybe I've convinced you, right? Like, okay, I get what you're saying. When we're in a bad day, we need to look around and serve others. Well, how exactly does that look? What does that look like? Well, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 says it like this. Um, all praise to the Gather and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. So God is a God of peace. He's a God of, of trying to give a, help us to be healthy, right, so we can be healthy people. And it says he's, he's of healing counsel. He's trying to heal our lives. It says that he comes alongside us when we go through hard times. So God, this is the principle. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. Why? And, and it says, and before we know it, he brings us alongside someone else. So the very thing that God is doing in our life, he's actually wanting us to go alongside other people and begin to help them also, who is, who is also going through hard times. So we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. So God passes on this blessing to us so we can pass the blessing on to somebody else. God helps us to become healthy so we can help others become healthy. He says, we have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. So he's saying, yeah, there'll be challenging days. We'll, we'll, we'll face bad days, and that's part of life. Um, the world, because of sin, is broken, right? So we're going to face that. But in the middle of that, we're also going to have some, some great good times of comfort and, and, and all that. And he says, we're going to have good measures of both of those. He says, your hard, times, um, are also, your hard times are also our hard times. When we see that you're just, um, oh, I got ahead of ourselves. So sorry, when we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing salvation. Um, if we are treated well, given a helping hand, an encouraging word, that also works to your benefit, spurring you on face forward, unflinching. So when we're doing this, we're encouraging others around us. And he goes on and says, your hard times are also our hard times. When we see that you're just as willing to endure the hard times as, as to enjoy the good times, we know that you're going to make it, no doubt about it. So what is he saying? A healthy individual says we're going to enjoy good times, but we also know we're going to face some, some difficult times. So how we face that difficulties will determine the outcome. It will determine if we make it through or if we give up. And what he's saying is if you're willing to endure the bad times as much as you want the good times, you're going, to, you're going to make it. Why? Because it's a healthy individual saying, I'm going to be able to make this through. And a whole part of this is saying is God passes on to you. You come alongside others and help them. Uh, so there's a couple of different ways. Uh, one, like we talked about for, for growth track. Discover your spiritual gift. As you, as you follow Christ, um, if you're in this room and you're not a Christ follower, um, our hope at some point is you'll, you'll see the, um, why it's so fulfilling and rewarding to follow Christ. Like He brings so much to our life. So if you're not, our, our hope is at some point in this journey, you'll begin to say, I want to follow Jesus. I think, I think his has, has a way of life that's going gonna, gonna to help me live the best life I could possibly live. And, and then when we make that, that decision, when somebody becomes a Christian, we believe that God, God gives, the Bible says he gives us gifts, right? A spiritual gift, at least one. I think everybody has at least one, sometimes multiples. And he, he gives us this gift to be able to accomplish things in life that are beyond us. Um, so the, when, I, when I walk in my spiritual gift, um, I'm actually having a bigger impact for the kingdom of God than I would by myself. Why? Because it's God's gift in me 
being used to help others um, in these situations that I can't do on my own. And so we want people to discover that because when we use it, we make a difference to our lives. We discover our purpose. We make a difference in helping others to know God and, 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 and make it through their bad days. And he wants to use that. So that's one way he does it. The other way is when, when we've messed up, when you've had a struggle, when you've had a bad day, when you have a past, right? You made some choices that were maybe not so good. Um, he wants to use that for your ministry. Like, so if you maybe struggle with alcoholism at some point, he wants to help you. He wants you to use you to help others who also struggle with alcoholism. If you've gone through a divorce, he wants to use you to help others who go through the same struggles in life. Whatever that is that you've gone through, he wants to use it. And see, we have a tendency to think like, well, I messed up there. I'm really not something that can be used. No, you can. Like your story can help somebody else help, help somebody else not face the same things you faced or help somebody else get through what you got through. And God begins to take our, our past, our mess-ups, and he begins to use them for something good. And he restores that, um, the, what was taken away, he actually uses it to help others maybe make it through and, and, and overcome what, what they can't do on their own. Um, so it becomes, we almost, we under, like Paul's saying, it's like we have purpose in this pain. Yeah, we, we face these hard times, but we're going to help others that also face these hard times. And we'll be able to get through it together. So here's the how. How, how do we help somebody? All right, when it comes to, to, to giving and, and, and giving hope to somebody that doesn't have it in the middle of their bad day also. So you're in a bad day, you're going to look around and say, how can I help somebody else? Well, here's one. One thing, offer them stability. Uh, offer them stability. And, and on the cross, Jesus said to, the, to the, 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 the criminal next to him, he said, assuredly, I say to you. What was he saying? And I am so sure of this. I'm going to give you some stability in an otherwise unstable moment. Right? I'm going I'm to speak some hope into your life. In, in our culture, we need this more than ever, right? Because there's so many things that are unstable. We don't know how thing, life can just be unstable. It's, it's shaky. It's like we're trying to figure out how do we go this, what do we do? And then we have all these voices and messages saying, if you build your life on this, it's going to be good. You should focus on this. And God is saying, no, if you build your life on something solid, a solid foundation, and he says that's his word, that's him, um, you'll have stability in your life. And as we face um, these opportunities to help others, we just give, we offer them stability. We tell them, hey, this is, what, this is what God's done in my life. This is what God wants to do in your life. This is what works. This is how God uses our lives. And we begin to give hope to people to say there's something you can stand on that's, that's stable uh, so you can live with stability. Psalms uh, 42 says this. Uh, David says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. Right? So he was in an unstable situation, a very bad situation. And what happens? He, he lifted him out of that place. And he says he set his feet on a rock and gave him a firm place to stand this is what god's message is all about that he wants to take us from instability instability where we don't know what's going on and put us plant us somewhere put us somewhere where it's solid where we have a solid a stable foundation that we can build a life upon and he says jesus says if you build your life upon something solid like that man even when the storms come you won't your house won't crumble you'll make it through but if you continue to choose to, to live there when the storms come your life will it will crash so god is promising that he's going to bring hope to us because god never changes he's stable uh, so offer them stability. The second thing is offer them support. Uh, you come alongside, you begin to offer support. Uh, Jesus says this, today you will be with me. What's he saying? I'm coming alongside you. And it's not just like, hey, one day, it's like, no, I'm here today. I'm, I'm next to you. I'm in the middle of this with you. We can make it through. I'm going to encourage you. He says, I'm going to be with you. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And so you get the picture, right? So one person all alone is overwhelmed by their bad day and is defeated. But two people together, they can stand back to back and begin to conquer. And then he goes on and says, but three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So it's not just from a one 
one person by themselves. Now it's, it's, a, it's a couple, it's two people coming together. But then he introduces the small group, right? This is the principle of, of a small group, why we do small groups. When you have a group of people that come around, it's your, your ability to, make, to be able to overcome those bad days becomes even stronger, even greater. This is why we believe in small groups so much as a church, because we know when we get other people around us, um, when we're in a bad day, uh, what's great about this is usually somebody else is not in the bad day. So sincerely to myself, I'm, I'm grateful for my wife as, uh, as to have a partner to be able to go through life. And it's really interesting. When I have a bad day, usually she doesn't. She's up and I'm, I'm down. And then when she's having a bad day and she's down, then usually I'm up, right? And what's great is we, we're able to lift each other up in those moments when we're down. Rarely is there a time where we're both down. And when we are both down, you know what we say? Let's not make any decisions. I'm feeling a little down. You're feeling a little down. Let's find that third, fourth, fifth person. Let's find that group of people that we trust. In fact, we have some friends we call and just say, hey, you guys free? Can we come hang out? And we go to the house, eat food, and we just laugh, and we, we have a good time, and we leave feeling so much better. Why? Because they helped lift us up out of what we were going through. God created us for relationships, and it's important that we have people around us that can help us in that journey. Well, when you're in a bad day, one of the ways you begin to do that is you begin to look for others. Uh, it, so when we call our friends and ask them to laugh, they, they do, and they encourage us and they help us. But part of that is I'm not just somebody who's just saying, hey, give me, give me, give me in these moments. I'm also somebody that's always looking for those opportunities. So um, when, when I face bad days, I also reach out to other pastors and friends that I have. And sometimes I'll reach out and, like, I, I haven't told them what's going on in my, inside of my emotions and my life, right? It's not a good day. But I call them, and they're like, oh, thank you for calling me. I have the worst day ever. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, tell me about it. And they tell me about their bad day, and I'm like, whoa, their bad day is way better, worse than my bad day. And all of a sudden, I feel a lot better, right, because it's like, man, I'm glad I'm not going through that. Like, mine is very small. Why? Because it helps me have perspective. It helps me take the attention off of what I'm feeling to say, hey, there's something else. There's something more to life than just the things I'm going through. And it's so important that we have those people around us, but it's also so important that we become those people. The reason I have those people around me is because I'm that person for them also, right? The person that waters others will always be watered themselves. It's amazing when I need it, there's that person that will be in my life to say, hey, you're down, I'm up, let me, let me help you rise. Let's help, get, let's help you get out of this. So I'm so grateful for my wife that we do that, but I'm also grateful for others in my life that, that can help us when we're both down, right? So offer, offer support. Um, get in that small group. Get people around you. Get, get others that want to encourage you on this journey. And then number three, so if offer stability, offer support. And then the third thing is offer salvation. Uh, Jesus told the guy in paradise, um, today you're going to be with me in paradise, right? So he's giving him hope. He's giving some stability. He's offering support, saying, hey, today, this is going to happen. Don't give, don't give up. Don't, don't quit on your bad day. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your job. Don't quit on your kids. Don't quit in school, whatever it is that you're facing. Don't give up. I keep pushing through. We have other people around you to say, don't, don't stop. And he offers salvation and says, there's going to be something better that's going to come along uh, in paradise. Uh, see, for us, uh, paradise, uh, I, think, I think we have a really bad picture a lot of times of paradise, you know. We, we see these fat angels sitting in clouds playing their harps, right? And everybody says, <laughs> like, that doesn't look like heaven. It looks more like hell for some people, right? Like, I don't think I want to be a fat angel sitting in a harp on a cloud. Uh, I think you've got the wrong picture there. I think it's something different. Well, paradise is, it's, is rest. It's something way different than what I think we imagine. In fact, the best English word we have for paradise is resort. Come on, how many of ready for some heaven now, right? It's rest. It's a resort. We give up from having to struggle through all of the cancer and all the issues that, that ail our world, right, that, that affect us. We don't have that. It's rest from all that. It's a break from all that. Say, man, sin is broken. Sin is, there's not death. There's not hatred. There's not anger. You're grateful for that. No more road rage, right? There's no more, uh, go, all that stuff that happens in our life. None of that. 
He's saying it's a time of rest. It's a pretty amazing thing. And, and, and he offers this man that. He says, hey, you're going to get some rest today. Like you're, <laughs> It's going to be a good day. And he offers them hope. And Jesus is in the middle of his own bad day. And he's looking around saying, I'm going to offer you some hope. And if we were going to make it through a bad day, we need to look at Jesus' example and say, I want to be like that. I want to be that kind of person that looks around and says, I want to offer somebody to others that are around me. Um, and and, and what, what we see in this picture, too, is, you know, sometimes we want things to be fixed. And, and on earth, not everything is going to be fixed. Jesus didn't, didn't, he didn't promise us that everything's going to be perfect here on earth. Uh, but he does say, I'm going to give you something better than that. So, so some things might not be healed here on earth, but they will be healed in heaven. Some things might not be fixed here, but they will be fixed in heaven. And he doesn't offer the man right there in that moment saying, hey, you're done. Get off the cross. You're, you're, keep going. No, he says, today, there's going to be something. I'm, I'm going to offer you something better than even what you're facing now. And in our lives, it's, it's not that we have to fix things for people. We just have to be there alongside. And we can overcome that. We can become, become stronger through those things. Uh, John uh, 14, 1 through 2 says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Also... Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples, saying, hey, trust in me. Just, I'm, I'm hanging there. Don't get focused on the wrong thing. Don't, don't let your attention only be focused on yourself, your pain, your issues. Don't, don't get stuck because they'll, they'll take you out. Look around so you can see who, who you're standing with, who you can encourage on this. So eventually, essentially saying very soon, very soon it's going to happen. Like this life is really short compared to eternity. I know it seems long, but it's, it goes so fast, right? He's saying, don't, don't lose that because you're only passing through some difficulty. There's something better that's coming. In fact, really, um, it, it, I think what, 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 it, what it would say is Jesus is offering us more than a better now. He's offering something better than a better now. He offers us a better place. So he's saying, make it through now. Like, don't, don't give up on now. Just keep pushing through because there's something better that's coming. Don't give up. You're going through some difficulty now, but don't, don't give up keep going it's and 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 on this in this story i would say it's never too late to come to god it's never too late to say god in the middle of my struggle my bad day i come to you uh, so here's my challenge for for week two of how to live through a bad day here's my challenge would you encourage others who are struggling or who are uncertain this week you're going to face something you're going to you're going to find them you're they're going you're going to encounter them right when you find somebody who's struggling when you find somebody that has uncertainty in their life would you begin to encourage them would you begin to figure out ways to just say you're going to make this through? I know it's hard, but don't, don't get focused on the wrong things. Just keep pushing through. And you could do this by offering uh, hope to them, right, through stability, support, and even salvation, saying, hey, God has better plans for your life. He wants something for you. Um, what I love about this story is, is it's a picture of, I think, what we face on a daily basis, right? So here's Jesus hanging on the cross. He sacrificed. He's, he's st- stood in the gap for us. And you have these two options. You have this one criminal on one side who is saying, um, throwing these, these, these insults, hurling these insults at Jesus and wanting it all about him, right, to fix his issues. And there's other guy who's going through the similar thing, but he's saying, I, have, I need some perspective. I need some awareness. And in our lives, um, at this moment, you could be focused on all the wrong things and you live your life like this criminal who is only there um, trying, trying to get out of what he has and, and unconcerned with whatever guys wanted to do. And this other guy was saying, you know what, I haven't lived the best. I'm in this situation. Um, I deserve it, but God, would you help me? And he crawls out for help, and Jesus responds to this criminal, but he doesn't respond to this criminal. That's God's heart. He says he, re- he rejects the proud, but he embraces the humble. And what he's looking for in, in humans and us is somebody who doesn't have it all together and all figured out, 
but just somebody who's saying, man, I want to be used by you, God. I need your help. Remember me. And he calls out, and God responds by saying, today, man, you're going to be with me. You're, you're forgiven. Like, I forgive you. You're going to be part of my kingdom. You're going to be with me today in paradise. All because of a, a choice that this man made. And today, that choice is in front of us. You can do life this way and do it on your own and all that you want. Or you can say, today, God, I can't do it without you. Would you remember me? Would you help me on this journey? And even in the middle of my bad day, God, would you come alongside me? And then God says, yes, I'll help you with that. But here's the thing. I'm going to help you so you can help others. Would you use your life to help others? So today as we end our service, um, maybe you're in this room and uh, you've, you've been going at life, maybe, maybe like this guy on the right side, but the, my right side, I'm a criminal, right, saying, man, I'm just going to do it my own way. I, I, don't, I don't know God. God, I don't need God. I could can, I can just do this. And, and I, I would say maybe today you have an option to say maybe you're like this other person that says, I, I don't deserve it. It's nothing that I'm doing, but God, I want your grace. I want your forgiveness. I want your mercy. God, would you help me? Would you forgive me? And uh, today I would like to give you an opportunity to be able to say, God, I can't do it without you. I need your help. Would you remember me? And so if you're here today, I'm going to give an opportunity in a second to, to pray a prayer. It's a prayer of invitation of a relationship with God. So essentially, you're, you're taking a step towards God saying, God, I want a relationship with you. See, being a Christ follower means that we're letting God lead, that Christ is our example. Right, that we're following his example, his lead, that we're trying to become like him. So today as I lead you in a prayer, your prayer is essentially saying, God, forgive me in my past. Help me to begin to follow your lead so I can become everything that you created me to become, so I could be who you've designed me to be. So if that's you today, would you um, just let me know um, in a second about lifting your hand, but would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we close our service? And if you're here today and you would say, that's me, I need, I need God's forgiveness, I need God's help. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer right there in your seat. But if that's you, you're ready to make that step of faith saying, today, God, I can't do it without you. I need your help. Would you let me know? I just lift your hand. Awesome. Let's see a couple of hands. God, I can't do it without you. Awesome. Anybody else here? Say, that's me. Awesome. Well, for all you that raised your hand, I have good news. The same way Jesus responded the guy next to him on the cross is the way he responds to you. Like today, I have good plans for your life. I want to come alongside you and help you on this. Like begin to let me lead so you can discover all those things I have for you. So if you, if you raise your hand, um, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're a Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? Just a simple prayer saying, God, forgive me. I invite you to my life. All right, let's pray this with me. Say, Father God, today... I ask for your forgiveness. Would you remember me? Would you lead me on this journey? Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross, to give me an example of how I should live. He, I believe he's alive today and has new life for me. So today I invite you into my life. Would you be the Lord of my life? Would you be my boss, my leader, so I could follow you. Give me a new start. I put my trust in you. God, help me to help others who are also struggling. Use my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those that raised their hand.